Hello, listeners. Welcome to this week's episode of The Green Mile. I'm John Campbell. Mike Gurgani's with me. Hello. And uh, before you listen to this episode, we just want to remind you that while you can follow along each week on this show, we do offer you the opportunity over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash panel on panels, to binge the first two seasons of this show right now. That's right. For just $1, you can gain access to a plethora of episodes beyond just the one you're listening to this week, last week, or what you might be listening to for free next week. That is just $1 a month. We'll give you access to dozens of episodes. So without further ado, it's time to Hulk out. Dr. David Banner, physician, scientist, searching for a way to tap into the hidden strengths that all humans have. Then an accidental overdose of gamma radiation alters his body chemistry. And now when David Banner grows angry or outraged, a startling metamorphosis occurs. Creature is driven by rage and pursued by an investigative reporter. Mr. McGee, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. The creature is wanted for a murder he didn't commit. David Banner is believed to be dead. And he must let the world think that he is dead until he can find a way to control the raging spirit that dwells within him. Hello and welcome back to The Green Mile, the podcast that charts Dr. David Bruce Banner's cure to rid himself of the Hulk inside. I'm John Campbell. With me as always, my travel companion, Mike Gergoni. Hello. And we're back uh, just a week for us, but we've changed seasons. We're now firmly in season two of the Incredible Hulk. And oh, what a change it is. Indeed. We're looking at uh, Season 2, Episode 1, entitled Married, or as it was released in theaters, Bride of the Incredible Hulk. A much better title. Uh, originally aired September twenty second, 1978, uh, written and directed by showrunner Kenneth Johnson. And it shows. Because one thing we watched a brief bit of... Yeah, we did, yeah. Which we should have watched the rest of, because I think they were just showing scenes from this episode. We didn't want to spoil things. Right. But is... His introduction... His introduction to the season? To the show? Well, it's interesting, because it's... it's the, they pull some clips from the first episode of season two here. Yeah. Because um, we have a futon toss in there. And, and Jack uh, McGee. And Jack McGee at the door in Hawaii here. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, I'd see, but he seems to just be talking about the show in general. Yeah. But they seem to have tagged it to the beginning of season two for some reason. Anyway, he's talking about the creation of the series. And you got to love when he starts out, uh, CBS had bought the rights to, I believe, five Marvel comics. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't know it was that many because I knew they did, because they did eventually shoot a pilot for Doctor Strange. Right. And they did the Spider-Man show. Yes. Um, but I'm I don't, curious I, what the other I don't two know are. what the other two are. Um, I'm going to guess Captain America. Could be. And there were some Captain America TV movies made the later. Fantastic Four? Maybe. Because Iron Man? Universal had those rights for, I mean... Well, Fox had those rights. Has Fox always had those rights? Yeah, Fox is the one who had the... Well, actually, I don't know who had them prior to the Corman incident. Right. Maybe it was Universal. I don't know. Hmm. But it's interesting that they, there, there was an impulse to make these as shows, but mm-hmm. obviously it didn't really take off. Um... This was far and away the most successful of them, but I do like the Kenneth Johnson was like, I'm not interested in any of that crap. Mm. <laughs> which is interesting because, like, yeah, it makes sense. You would go to the guy who created Six Million Dollar Man. Yeah. Which was very comic booky. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and he but was, he hated comic books. You no, know, he sure did. <laughs> but what did he love? Classic French literature. So the reason I brought this up was because in this little interview segment, he brings up his uh, immediate attraction to this story, so long as it is viewed through the lens of Les Miserables. Mm-hmm. And so I think we've mentioned that before on the show. Right. That, that was that that was really the starting place for him, which is a legitimately good like literary connection to make for the Incredible Hulk. It assuming could be, assuming that the Javert of the story is Thunderbolt Ross. One hundred percent agree. You already have a Javert built in. Yes. That bo- that comic really is about, for the most part, this guy being pursued. Or a large it, chunks of in, it are. In large chunks of it, yeah. yeah. Especially Silver Age stuff. What mm-hmm. the, what their source material was at yeah. this time yeah. was a lot of Thunderbolt Ross yeah. chasing the Hulk. It makes sense. But for some reason, they also have this investigative reporter because they needed a Colt shack. That's <sighs> I, the only thing I can think of. Because the military's too far-fetched? I guess. <laughs> but like Night Stalker was big at this time. Yeah. I'm wondering if, if he's supposed to be a Colt shack type. Well, I mean, we'll get to why I think that's ridiculous in this episode, because uh, one thing Jack McGee has that inexplicably that Kolchak never really had was resources. It's true. Like the amount of time, energy and money Jack McGee has to hunt this down is absurd. He seems to have a blank check from his paper. Yes. And we'll get to that in this episode. But the reason I brought the, the, the Les Miserables thing was there is so much melodrama oh, yeah. in this episode so this is a grand tragedy this when you say written and directed by kenneth johnson kenneth yeah. johnson he it shows he was going for it here yeah yeah this is this is dripping with sadness he was going see see this is my hulk yeah this is this is what i want all right i'm gonna read the synopsis here from the incredible hulk wiki for the episode David travels to Hawaii to enlist the aid of Dr. Carolyn Fields, a psychiatrist who he believes will be able to help him through hypnosis to control his transformations into the Hulk. A lot of commas in there. Um, When David learns that she is stricken with a terminal illness, he agrees to offer her his expertise in exchange for hers. As the two work closely together, they begin to form a bond and fall in love. But will this romance be wrought with tragedy? Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Because we know that in the next episode, she's not around. She's not around. No, he does not <laughs> have a wife for the rest of this series. No. Um, we should mention Mariette Hartley plays Dr. Carolyn Fields, and she's really obviously the uh, the big other character here. She's really the only other character besides Feral Beach Boy. Yeah. And Brad. And <laughs> fucking Brad. <laughs> We'll get to uh, we'll wow. get to Brad. Yeah, we'll get to Brad. Oh, we'll get to Brad, Brad and his friends. Um, <laughs> Brad and Brad's friends. Here's an interesting note of trivia for this: Mariette Hartley took home the Emmy for Best Lead Actress for this performance in this episode. That I would say that doesn't surprise me, so long as I don't think about the last five minutes she's <laughs> in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, I think she does give an outstanding performance. Yeah, she's, yeah, there were some genuine moments in this that made me go, "Ooh!" Especially having experienced somebody with a degenerate disease yeah. in my life, yeah. like watching them fade and waste away. There were yeah. moments in this episode that made me go, "Oh fuck!" Like that. There's a twist of a knife there. Yeah. Well, the episode like goes there sometimes and then also is very much like a high school stage production of oh, someone yeah. dying. Right. No. Um and it'll it'll lean away from it really hard too. Yeah. The whole sequence where they're getting married, mm-hmm. they're 
I think there's only really one beat at the end where we're reminded, oh, by the way. Yeah. Well, that's the problem with the degenerative disease as portrayed here. Yeah. Is it's very like... It comes and goes. Yeah, it's not that degenerative. It's it's more sporadic. Yeah. It's more of a sporadic terminal ailment. Because mm-hmm. it's more just like, oh, a spell. Because we are given to understand that whatever she has... I mean, it's some kind of television disease. Yeah, but they, they compare it to ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, mm-hmm. uh, which is a very... They shouldn't have done that because that, that, that creates a very specific idea of what it is. Right. And she in no way exhibits anything that, that has to do with that disease in here. I mean, no. No, she really doesn't. No. Because those diseases really leave you as like a shell yeah. in a way yeah. that this disease really didn't to Well, it doesn't – she's, she's – I mean, especially at the end, she's very physically able, which would be yeah. impossible if, right. if if it was any way in any way like that, because it's such a obviously it attacks the the muscle and nerve system. Right. Um, so, yeah, the fact that she's running around and that's her in her death throes <laughs> is um, I don't I don't even know I, I would I would challenge anyone to tell me what this disease is. It does seem more neurological, which yeah. you brought up. Um, but even still, a crazy neurological problem. Right. So I don't know. She just seems to be nuts and then dies uh, <laughs> at the end. Wow. And, and, and the last chunk of it, I know, is I that know. not what's happening? She's just <laughs> manic and then dies. <laughs> well, okay. Let's yeah, we'll get a there. We'll bit. get there. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's a real, just like vicious way of putting it but you're not wrong but i mean it's 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 i i say that simply because of how clumsy it is that yeah. there's no way to state that other than like that's the level of thought going into the portrayal of this down <laughs> that's the stretch what it looks like it's true um so uh this is a very the other thing is this episode takes place in honolulu mm-hmm. which is a very like this era of television thing to do every show had to go to hawaii mm-hmm. the brady bunch went to hawaii you know like you you would send because it was exotic yet familiar yeah, exactly, and and it, it was like oh a big deal, and frequently it was. I believe it was the case for the Bradys as well that it was the season premiere. Like it, it's it's the big thing to open it up. It's you can really promote the oh, hell out of it. Look, if this had gone anything like the Bradys go to Hawaii with like the cursed tiki, the tiki and idol, yeah, oh, I would have been so much happier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Introduce <laughs> a little no, no, no. E- evil magic into that. Uh, yes, that uh, <laughs> I love the music cue every time you see that tiki idol on the so Brady's. Fucking no, ridiculous. No, 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 no. Anyway, yeah, uh, no, we don't this have that. Is way more sad. We we open on uh, we open on uh, banners Evil in Hawaii. Tiki is a crippling neurological disorder. Yeah, yeah, and no Vincent Price either. Yeah, um, very true. But uh, we open on Banner, and he's arriving at at an institute of some sort here. Yeah, it's some kind of like I was led to believe some kind of brain chemistry study institute yeah, yeah it did something like that she anyway dr carolyn field runs the institute and he's come there specifically because of her research on uh hypnosis essentially her research is about how you can hypnotize the body into like healing itself yeah which i mean i'm not gonna say has merit but it definitely there's the whole placebo effect thing of sure sure like, the body's natural healing abilities are tremendous if given an opportunity to, yeah so like this was some Grade A seventies yeah. mumbo jumbo pseudoscience. Well, the other thing, it is interesting to treat. I will say this: it is interesting to treat the Hulk as a psychiatric disorder. Yeah, like to try to treat it as split personality mm-hmm. is kind of a fascinating take. Sure, yeah, totally. Um, and then sort of the it's idea something that, the comic books have done before too. Yeah, exactly. So the, the I, I yeah, well, we can talk about Doc Sampson. Yeah, uh, who should have shown up and 
he won't. Um, yeah. <laughs> spoiler, none of the characters you know will show up ever. Uh, uh, but except Daredevil for, will. Except for, yeah, Thor and Daredevil. Thor, Thor and reason. Daredevil and Wilson Fisk. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, also with Daredevil uh-huh. in that same episode. Um, they will show up. Uh, so he's there and he's told... Uh, oh no! As, as always, this guy is the worst luck. He always finds these doctors, but by the time he gets to where they are, it's always they're always going on sabbatical. No, and I'm saying like he's got to double back on some of these people. Yeah, that that's insane. We talked about in the in the 747 episode. He misses that flight, and it's like, oh no, he's going. I don't remember what that guy was doing, but he was going away he for was months going on at a time. Conference thing in Europe for like follow him to Europe. What else you got to do? Yeah, I mean this. Yeah, you're already <laughs> running all over the world. Why not, man? <laughs> I don't think he ever leaves the United States on this show. That's this disappointing. Is, I think this is as far out as he gets. He Not even le- Canada? Maybe Canada? Maybe Canada. Or even Mexico? He may get to he may get to just across either of those borders. Okay. But not like deep into either he's country. In the, like, he's in North America, the continent. Yes, except for this episode. Yeah, where he the... he does go to Hawaii. All right, the, which is sort of like whoa. I mean, I will say it it, it does kind of work that television thing about like well, we're in Hawaii now. Also, I think people just want to go to Hawaii. I mean, fair, <laughs> but it's another mean, reason why these shows would go there. They were basically working vacations that the network paid for. We're gonna get deeper into some of the uh, more race based connotations of this oh, era, boy. but I, I believe when I said like. Uh, Exotic but familiar. Yeah. Because if you go to like the Polynesian island, suddenly that's foreign. Right, right. But Hawaii is exotic but familiar. Yes. And that was... It's I still think, America. Right. And I think that was definitely a thought of the time. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, we can't go too far. Right, right, because right. Because then we scare people because there's a bunch of brown people running around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And here we can have like white tourists and stuff. There's also, if you're going to actually go somewhere, it's probably cheaper to stay in the United States. I don't know if that's the case, maybe. Did they actually film this in Hawaii? I think they filmed chunks of it in Hawaii. I don't think let me that. Let me talk about this here. I feel like they could have easily filmed all of this in California. Um, Just based on the locations were shown. Like, we don't see any I don't have tropical any information islandscapes. Here. We don't have any wide shots you know, of we beaches. Were, uh, there's definitely... Yeah, I don't know. I would be very surprised if they actually uh, shot They filmed this. the desert stuff in California, where yeah. he's out with Hulk in the desert, yeah, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Oh, I want to talk about that. but We'll get there. All right. So, uh, once again, though, he's told, oh, you, you just, you just missed, missed, her. missed her. Yeah, this was her last She's day. She's going on sabbatical. She's going on months. sabbatical. And so, uh, Which actually brings up an interesting point. She knows she's dying. Yeah. Has she told anyone else? I don't think so. So, like, this institute that she runs and has mm-hmm. founded is going to be without its leadership in yeah. six to eight weeks. Yeah. She just, she, she's <laughs> like, I'm going to go on sabbatical. And then I guess the idea would be she would just, she would just die with, and people would be like, oh, no. Yeah. yeah I guess. So. I wouldn't want people to worry. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a move. But, but, but you're leaving the thing that you created and ran in the lurch. Yeah, well, but you left a guy in charge. Yeah, but... Dr. Does, Kirkwood, I think whatever. is his name. Um, but does he know she's going to die? I mean, these are all questions that... Yeah, I mean, he's ready answer. for the interim, but is, is this guy ready to take over? <laughs> right. Like, yeah, I can you cover can't the, leave. You can't leave Kirkwood in charge. I can cover the paperwork for a couple of months, yeah. but don't leave. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want this. <laughs> Uh, I was going to quit. So anyway. So uh, he catches her on the way out the door. Banner does. Yeah. 
And of course, we get another fake name. We get Benton again. Yeah, he's back. He looped back around here. Mm-hmm. Not that creative. No, there's only so many B names. Yeah, though he will abandon it quickly here. This, yeah. this one he doesn't really hold on to his secret identity very much. No, 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 no. Uh, which is also an interesting thing that I, that I want to talk about in this episode. But anyway, he, uh, he 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 basically he confronts her in the parking lot and says, "I need you to help me. I'm prone to these big bursts of anger, and I think yeah. your work could help me." And she's like, "I'm no, yeah. go away." Yeah, and he, which is totally fair. Yeah, um, I'm fine. She doesn't know who the hell this guy is, but he's and she's like, "Well, go see somebody else here." Right. I've got plenty of people I could point you to and he what's the metaphor he uses if i was going to go see da vinci and i get passed michelangelo off, michelangelo and get passed off to one of his assistants but that's not um, science doesn't work like that <laughs> <laughs> i understand I, I get it in terms of art yeah okay but There's, it's but I, science but, like her research is being used by other people who are similarly trained? I, I forget what it's from, but there's definitely something with the line. It's like, well, science is really more of an art form. And yeah. Going, no, no. No, it's, it's not. not. It's really not. <laughs> it does seem like there would be other doctors there who, I mean, if this was her clinic, right? You would think her Founded research. Founded on her research. Yeah, and yeah, work. yeah, yeah, yeah. There'd be a bunch of people then. Go talk to Dr. Kirkwood. <laughs> yeah. Um, he doesn't want to be there. That's the problem. <laughs> I wanted a B plot where you keep cutting back to that guy going, I hope she gets back soon. This is too much for me. <laughs> no, there's too much going on in this episode already. <laughs> that I have way too many questions about to worry about that fucker who There's got kind of not a lot going on in this episode at the same time, though. Yeah, it's true. It's because this is, we, I know that we said that this is a two hour season premiere. Yes. As it was released as a movie. So this is a full 90 minutes without commercials. Um, you feel it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Okay. Uh, we we have... sometimes question the actions of Dr. Banner on this show. Yeah. And I'm about to question them again. Because instead of, you know, taking no for an answer, making the appointment at that clinic with other people, at least fucking trying one of the other doctors mm-hmm. and seeing if maybe they can do something. No. Nope. He follows her home. Here is my question to you. Yes. So she goes home in one of the longest tracking shots we've ever had of someone doing something unrelated to Because from that scene with Banner, we follow her home. Yes. So we follow her down the highway. We see her pulling into her driveway. We see her unlocking her front door. We see her coming inside, putting down her stuff. We see her inspecting her plants and seeing that some of them are dying. Don't worry, it's a metaphor. Yeah, that doesn't actually... Because at first I thought, oh, is this part of the research of her... Nope, no, no. Nope, it's just a metaphor. Yeah. Uh, Because she's dying and the plants are dying. Oh, no. Yeah. Because at this point in the plot, we haven't been revealed that she's dying yet. Right. But in, and I didn't, I didn't know that was part of the story necessarily. Yeah. So. Uh, so, yeah. How does Banner know where to go? How did he get her home address? Yes. Ooh, that's a Because he's not... He gets dropped off by a cab here or some kind of driver. He doesn't drive his own car to this place. Does he not? No. Oh, I th- oh no, he doesn't, does he? No, he doesn't later, get his own little Jeep till later. He gets that sweet Jeep. Yeah. Um, I mean, the phone book? I guess. I mean, at this time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. I mean, we don't see it. We didn't see see it. No. He just is there. Jack McGee finds his place, too. Well, that's because Jack (laughs) McGee has fucking superpowers. (laughs) Jack McGee's superpower is to show up where he's least wanted. (laughs) Indeed. Uh, So, he... uh, he (laughs) So, yeah, like a fucking creeper. Yeah, which he is. I mean, Banner's creepy. Yeah. Uh, he just, he goes, he goes to the home. Knocks, nobody yeah. answers. Yeah. 
And then what does he decide to do? No, not leave a note. No, not ring the uh, doorbell. Goes back to the back of the house. He starts creeping around the back of the house, looking in through windows. Poking in windows. Ugh, such a Maybe stalker. stumbles upon a bathroom. I mean, like, I'm just saying, like, what is he doing here? Right. Uh, he, What's best case scenario here? She sees you and is terrified and calls the police? Like, Best case Like, what Banner is hoping for here? And the scene I could have sworn we were going to get yeah. is... Him saying, no, no, let me convince you. And her going, okay. Yeah. Because it's 70s TV, and if you we've badger seen, a we've woman already, long we've, enough. We've already, I mean, Banner has badgered many a woman on this show <laughs> already. Yeah. Um, he's always trying to shake women's sense into them and stuff like that. He's not always, that's the thing. He oscillates back and forth between being like this reasonable guy. I gotta, I gotta. He's pretty charming. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, we, we've talked about Bixby. So very charismatic and likable actor. Fall for him yeah, yeah. To this guy who just won't take no for an answer, which to a certain extent, I understand he has. He's supposed to be desperate. He's super desperate. But it never really reads. They don't as, re- the, the character. It doesn't read as the same character, right? Like that guy could get desperate, but not like that, right? Like that doesn't seem like it's in his personality. Des- desperate Banner always read, or as the TV show portrays it, reads as him getting real slimy, real quick. Yeah, he does, and and here he goes again. <laughs> yeah, as he's peeping in windows. So he comes around the back and is peeping through, and he eventually sees uh, Doctor Fields, mm. Carolyn. Hooked up to some weird machine. Yeah. And then she's, we... she's got electrodes attached to cotton balls attached to her head. Right. That didn't make much sense. I didn't understand that. But anyway, it's reading some kind of brainwave pattern. And then <laughs> we get something I don't think we've gotten in that show. This show no, so far, we definitely haven't. And that is voiceover. Yeah. So we are now cutting into Carolyn's body. As she is attempting to hypnotize herself. Yeah, yeah. and keyword, yeah, we're hearing her thoughts, but he means it. We cut into her body. We see the skin go transparent and a superimposed skull on top yeah, of her. Yeah. Then we get stock footage of blood moving through veins. And you know what that footage looks like, because it's the same footage of blood moving through veins that's in literally <laughs> everything ever. Yes. Um... <laughs> Then we get weird, like, psychotropic scenes of moving through the lungs. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, well, th- th- this is where we talk about Kenneth Johnson being a... It's, it, this, this is a very artsy episode. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, I mean that in a disparaging way. <laughs> <laughs> this is... Uh, it's not artful, it's artsy. Right. Uh, it thinks it's being insightful, but it's not really saying anything. It, it's certainly full of something. Yeah, indeed it is. <laughs> Um, and then she starts to have a seizure. So we hear right. her, and she's she's you. What you're hearing her, she's hypnotizing herself with her thoughts, right? Which I don't think is possible. I don't know enough about hypnosis. I'm I mean, sure, I, I think Mysterio could do it. Well, I I agree. He's the master yeah. of hypnosis. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> Didn't even need to be said. Uh, of course, enough. he could do it. Uh, but um, I thought this was a gender bent Mysterio orphan story. Oh, well, that would have been way too cool for this show. Um, God, how awesome would it be? It's like, she's Mysterio! Um, and of all the characters from Marvel to bring in right. for the Incredible Hulk show, let's throw Mysterio in. Why not? He can use his magic uh, that he learned on that other show, Bixby, to defeat him. Um, I think there's a part of Bixby that's bummed he didn't play Stephen Strange. Yes, that would have been one hundred percent. That would that would have used my skills better. <laughs> I'm I, I'm gonna call it right now. Like probably I'm gonna say six to eight months after this show started, mm-hmm. he found out that Universal had gotten the rights to a bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. and that Stephen Strange was one of them. Mm-hmm. And there's 
there was at some point some sequence of events in which Bigsby was sitting in his trailer. He learned this and went, son of a bitch. <laughs> and some intern was walking by outside, heard that, stopped, but then kept walking. <laughs> that scene played out on the back lot of Universal. I already know the magic. <laughs> um, yeah. Someday we will watch The Magician on this show. It'll yes. be a bonus episode. We'll look at the pilot of The Magician. That will happen at some point during this, so get ready for that. Tracking it down is a trial. Uh, not really, actually. I definitely have a line on it. Fine. P- pulling the trigger on actually uh, on, buying on it. On purchasing that box set. <laughs> like, it's right in the line of... Um, it's not crazy expensive, but it's way too expensive for what we plan to do with it. For the purpose of this bit, it's way too much money to right. spend. Um, and then I'm going to have the whole series of The Magician. So if anyone wants to purchase and give us The Magician. Yes, in fact, you know what? We should use Patreon money to buy it. Why haven't we thought about this I before? never. I just, just hit me now. That's what we should do with it. It's not that much. Like It wouldn't... It wouldn't it wouldn't even take that much out of the Patreon money. So, for anyone listening to this, if you approve us using the Patreon money yeah, to please, purchase the magician, please let us know. Please let us know because yeah, we do, all we need is one of you to sign <laughs> off on it. Or if you want to make a one-time donation of $30 so we can buy the magician, uh, feel free to do that as well. And put a note in for the magician. <laughs> Yep, sure. If somebody does that, I'll watch all of them. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> we will watch all the episodes of The Magician. Yes. There's only like 24 of them. There's bonus not, bonus not, show. Yeah, there aren't that many. <laughs> show within a show. Um, and so she starts having a seizure then while yes. she's hypnotizing herself. Um, and then Banner makes the correct call of breaking into the house. He d- yes. When you he, see someone having a seizure, then... I agree, but the reason he saw her having know, a seizure know, was unacceptable. It's true. Uh, and uh, really turns into a stalker. I mean, uh, unquestionably. Yeah, right? I don't know what his plan was here, is the thing. Like, if we've gotten she's, some... She, uh, any reasonable person would just call the police on him. Right. Or, they're not going to listen to him. Shoot him within, yeah. the, within well, their that, rights. There you go. There's another <laughs> one, too. It is perfectly legal. <laughs> Not that I condone that sort of behavior. I'm just saying totally within her rights to yeah, do so. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, don't shoot people. Uh, no, please don't. <laughs> um, and so he breaks in and and, uh, and goes to some doctoring here. Yeah. He, he uses proper procedure. Did, tries to make sure she doesn't bite down on her tongue, elevates her feet, tries mm-hmm. to keep her warm. Then he goes and grabs some chemicals underneath the sink. Yeah, it looks like rubbing alcohol or, or something. something something in that vein. And gets her to sniff a rag full of it. Yeah, it, and that brings her to, like, like like I was saying, like it's supposed to be like smelling salt or something I like that. Yes, I don't know. I don't think that works for seizures. When I see a near unconscious woman on the ground and some guy leaning over with a rag full of chemicals. I got real nervous. Well, I assume that's the reason she's unconscious. That's what I start with. But apparently in this case, it's bringing her to. Right. Um, However that works, I don't know. Science. Yeah. Science, whatever. (laughs) The show plays fast and lose with it. Uh Um, And then we cut to their talking... Or she's bandaging, because he cuts his arm on the broken glass when he breaks into the house, and she's yes. bandaging that. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't seem concerned about, like, there's no, like, wait, what are you doing here? Like, yes, I know you saved me, but however, why were you here in the first place? I mean, we eventually do get this conversation here. Well, we get, we get, we get, what do you need, why are you seeking my help? Because the reason that conversation doesn't really happen is because Banner begins diagnosing her. Oh, Yes. And she goes in the whole thing about, like, well, it's sort of like Lou Gehrig's disease. Yeah. And, um, she, uh, 
she starts to question why how do you know so much about this stuff and banner says well i worked at a place in california that was studying like uh, radiological cures for things and she instantly goes did you work with dr banner and he was like very closely as he's done before yeah uh, cuz there wasn't the wasn't the woman at the zoo also a fan of dr banner's yeah. when he the was fact the fact that janitor? none of these people like I've seen a photo of him. I was saying that like the the internet doesn't exist, but like in these journals or whatever, there would mm-hmm. be a photo of the author of these papers that they're reading. And stuff Maybe like that. I actually don't know. I mean, somewhere along the line, you'd run into it if you were that if you were consuming like somebody's whole all their works on the back of a dust jacket on a. I book mean, or something. something. Yeah. yeah, you would just think that it would there'd be a file photo in there somewhere. Mm. If you read one thing, maybe not, but like or just like a picture of like a team picture of the Culver Institute and pictured here from right to left, blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah, something Banner. like that. And maybe you wouldn't remember that, but I don't know. It just it's just interesting this happened multiple times and no one's seen him. Mm-hmm. Like he just wasn't photographed. Though but he was famous cuz McGee knew who he was and the pilot. <laughs> So he's he's of note enough that uh, that the press knows him. No, McGee knows him, and McGee's a <laughs> snoopy little shit. <laughs> McGee is a pro. In that first episode, McGee just seems to hate science. Yes. <laughs> I yeah. I don't. I'm not gonna make McGee a baseline for anything. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and so uh, eventually, he's just like, oh, I'll, by closely, I mean I am David Banner. Yeah. And she's like, no, David Banner died in a fire. And he's like, well, not really. Not really, because he's right here. Because it turns out I turned into a Hulk. And then yeah. he explains the whole Hulk thing to her. And then we see that he has a newspaper clipping when he was in New York. Because then we way later. Yeah, it's night all of a sudden. And uh, and he has a newspaper clipping of the Hulk in Times Square. Mm-hmm. It's like, see, that's me. <laughs> and we're just assuming that he is building his Hulk scrapbook. Well, as I said before, you know, it's not every day you make the paper. You want to remember <laughs> these things. Uh, well, no, it is every day if you make the paper. If it's Jack McGee following you around. If you're reading the National Register, <laughs> right. is that what it is? Yeah, because um, yeah, McGee is writing about this every single day. He can't not. It's a compulsion. McGee's Hulk column. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, God. Um, and so she's like, oh, she, she gets interested from a scientific standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that she just accepts this. She's like, yeah, clearly he does turn into this monster. That's a weird thing to say. That's a weird thing to say. I wouldn't immediately believe that. I'd be like, oh my God. Yeah. I because mean, I think got no reason to Because lie nobody to her, other se. than Jack McGee even thinks this thing exists, really. Like, he gets some bumpkin cops to believe him here and there. No, at this point, I feel like there's got to be more people. They've got photographic evidence of him in the paper. I guess that's true. But I don't know. It seems like a lot of people, especially are, considering what we hear later from Jack, that there's a reward out for the capture from of the Hulk, his newspaper, which is absurd. Which makes no his his the National Register is offering ten thousand dollars for the capture of the Hulk. Uh, information Number one that will lead to the capture of the Hulk. Is that what he says? Yes. Oh, because I like the idea that it was capturing. Because I'm like, that's going <laughs> to cause a lot of problems. Yes. No. Uh, ten thousand dollars for information that, that leads, leads to, to the, the capture, capture of the Hulk, which yeah. a newspaper would never offer. No. Um, the police department or something would offer, or but. you know, the military, like yeah. say one General Th- Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. No. 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 Uh, they, I mean, at any point, he could have come into this show too. Yeah. No. Like he could have, like, oh, I've read Jack McGee's pieces, and now I want him because oh, the military. Imagine that. That would actually sort of if like season Jack three. McGee, yeah. If suddenly there's a general who's like, I've read everything you've written. Mm-hmm. I believe you. Yeah. Now work with me to find this thing. Right? And then suddenly Jack McGee's got the military behind him. Uh-huh. And that's who you want to see. Yeah. That's too expensive. No. 
<laughs> you know what would even, even have worked for me? Mm. Is if we'd gotten that interaction and then just the looming threat of that. Like, okay, if McGee finds him, then the military's on his case. Yeah. Because the military, he's got like a direct line to Ross. Right, right. No, that'd be too much. <laughs> Banner was in the military at some point, too. <laughs> let, let us uh, never let us, forget that he no. was in Vietnam. Yes, as a combat medic. Yeah. All right. So, um, so she just accepts that he is the Hulk. Yeah. And then his whole thing is Banner's whole pitch is, well, I'm going to stick around and help try to help you with your, yeah. your disease because I'm an expert in that field. Right. And as soon as I cure you, you help me get rid of the Hulk. And she says her, uh. Like time to live is six to eight yeah, weeks or the something. Prognosis is yeah. She's got six to six to eight weeks to live. Right, um, and which is, I mean, not good. <laughs> so her whole thing is like, I don't have time to try to help you yeah. because I'm trying to help me. So with let's my... let's yeah. And Banner's like, fine, we'll just help you. Yeah, because Banner's a good guy. Oh yeah, I mean that's that's a given. Except when it's, he's it's peeping not, in but... on ladies' houses. <laughs> um, but I'm saying like time and time again, he always is doing the right thing. Ultimately, mm-hmm. right? Like that's the that's kind of. The show, like he, he gets in trouble a lot for doing the right thing because he yeah. just has to get involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here he is again, getting involved, getting way involved in this <laughs> one. In fact, um, then we get uh, they just go out the research here. Yeah, she's got she's got microscopes. There's a whole little science lab in her house, and uh, which the layout of her house consistently changes. Yeah, it's very unclear that house. Mm-hmm. Uh, very very unclear. Uh, and they're doing, they're, they're looking, it's, it's a lot of general science is happening. Mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Yeah. And you go, they go down to the beach and he, they draw that, out a thing. That jump cut was so fucking funny mm-hmm. where, cause she wakes up one morning and cause, cause time is passing. We don't know how much, but time is passing. Well, we eventually figure out less time is passing than you or I thought later, but <laughs> right. yeah. Um, so, so this is conceivably the next day, I think she comes Awake and comes into the lab, wherever that is, and yeah. goes into the rest of the house. We don't actually see the lab that much. Yeah. Um, and Banner's just like focusing on this microscope. And he's just like, I think I found it. And she says, What? What? And he says, I'll explain. And then we cut to the beach mm-hmm. where they've changed clothing mm-hmm. and he's drawing in Put the sand. Put on your beach clothes and we'll go talk about it. <laughs> and they're drawing a picture into the sand to create this metaphor. I guess it makes sense that they change clothes. Like she just woke up. He was up all night in those clothes. But why would they wait that yeah. long to explain what's happening? David, why don't you just tell me? No, I got to put on a fresh shirt first. We'll go to the beach. I need the visual that I can draw on it's, the sand. It's only your life on the line. <laughs> and he d- draws out some gobbledygook about mitochondria. I yeah. don't even know what he says. There's exactly. something. There's like a weird layer around her mitochondria, so it's not generating the energy her cells need to refresh themselves yeah and he can do something that will change that yeah and there's that's, also that's some what we're trying to that's what he's trying to do sciencey gobbledygook for the rest of the episode that's what he's trying to make a thing that can do and she's trying to use her hypnosis abilities mm-hmm. to hypnotize herself into visualizing disrupting which that weird she uses layer. the metaphor of uh, uh, uh and she put her words renegade indian attack on cowboys mm-hmm. um on settlers circling the wagons yeah and so yeah, there's uh, we a, get some stock footage from old West movies. Repeated problematic sequences of Native Americans trying to kill settlers. Oh, that's not even beginning the problematic stuff that's in this episode. Oh, though. no, it is the beginning. <laughs> and then there's more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it gets way more actively problematic than that. That's more like 
oh yeah, that's not great pop culture from the past. Right. But then it's like, uh oh, mm-hmm. we really step in it because they're also, you know, uh, flirty with each other. She seems, but she seems. I mean, I do like this portrayal that she seems particularly attracted to him as a scientist. Oh right? no! Like there's a look on her face when he starts talking about mitochondria that's mm-hmm. just like. Oh, baby, talk dirty to me. Where have you been all my life? <laughs> this is what I want to hear. Uh-huh. Um, He's talking about cell walls and cellular regeneration. She's just like, oh, yeah. oh my. <laughs> and it, I mean, it makes some sense because she. it did seem like she had an, uh, uh, a respect for David Banner. Sure. Uh, but she. It, so then she says, well... But then she saw he was such a hottie. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Bixby's looking good. Um, Bixby is looking good. Bixby hit the gym between seasons, and so did Ferrigno. There's a couple of sequences where, well, I mean, there's a lot of sequences where Ferrigno doesn't have his shirt off. Yeah. But there's a couple of sequences with uh, Bixby without his and shirt his on. And his arms in particular have built way up. Oh, He's yeah. got a lot of definition in the shoulders and stuff there. And Ferrigno's getting shredded. Ferrigno looks so vicious and awesome in this episode. Mm-hmm. This is the best the Hulk has looked. I'll be curious to see if that maintains. <laughs> Because they had all that time off in between right. when in the gym they talked about the. Once Shatner. they get a couple of sandwiches, you talk about the the Shatner theory at the beginning of every season of Star Trek. Shatner was jacked, yeah, and then he would slowly get doughier as it went along, and it makes sense because you're working now. They they don't have time to hit the gym, right? Um, but uh, uh, she says, "Well, you're on to something. I should help you at least a little bit." Mm-hmm. And so she puts him in a hypnosis session. And then we get a whole long flashback to the flashback that was in the pilot. <laughs> so, yeah, we get basically the whole sequence with Banner's first wife mm-hmm. and the whole car flipping thing and he mm-hmm. can't save his wife and mm-hmm. the whole impetus for why he subjected himself to gamma rays. Yeah. And yeah, so we pad out this first episode of the second season with a bunch from the first episode of the first season. Yeah, in case you missed it, right? <laughs> that was the whole idea, obviously. That's why they're doing it. But man, it pisses you me off now, like, right? Like, oh yeah, it's, it's a solid like, ten minutes. It's so long. Yeah, especially this episode. They do it again later in the dream sequence, but that pays off better because of one hilarious factor that we'll get to. Oh yeah, we're gonna get there. <laughs> um, but these memories cause him to hulk out in the hypnosis session. Yes. And I think that's the moment when she really believes his story. Well, when he, when he literally turns into the Hulk in, in front, front of her? her. Yeah, that would, that would do it. Which I think this is maybe the first time we've had somebody witness the transformation. Because every other time he's usually knocked behind a bar or right. thrown through a door or something. Yeah. And then there's this, or he's in a crate or something. And then the Hulk just appears. Yeah. This Lest is, we ever forget the crate episode, yeah. I, I believe this is the first time where we've had someone in the room watching him. I think it is, out. yeah. I think it is. Other than maybe the pilot. Yeah, I think Susan Sullivan's character saw it. No, she definitely did because they were researching it. Yeah. Um so uh yeah, so he hulks out and uh it's just he he's he's destructive, but kind of in like a sullen, shitty way. He's pissy Hulk. Yeah, he's just like casually. Well, I'm gonna kick this table. Oh, I'm gonna knock that lamp over. He's like a, a really sour cat, yeah. just like uh, 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 knocking uh, stuff over. You made me think of my dead wife. And then he goes to uh. smash some science machines, and uh, Carolyn shouts out, "No!" And then the Hulk listens because mm-hmm. for in this sequence he can understand. And then English. in my favorite Hulk moment, he just slowly backs out a door, like awkwardly. Well, what was great about that is he picks up a lamp, looks at her all angry, mm-hmm. and then tosses the lamp behind him. He wrecks and that a couple lamps. The door. Yeah. 
And then he just like backs out, like, all right. Just like, well, I don't going. have to stay here if I don't want to, yeah. mom. I'm going, all right. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird, it's a, it, this is a weird Hulk scene. And then he goes and wrecks a luau. Then he, yeah, he trashes a luau. Because we get that horrible jump cut to that fire spinner who's shouting at the camera. Yeah, so we go from him backing out of that door to just an extreme close up of a guy screaming right in the lens of the camera with no context. And then it pulls out and we see he's a, 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 a yeah, fire dancer, fire spinner, whatever. So at a, at a luau, yeah, and so then we get a short musical scene. Yeah, we get a we get a little bit of the luau, and then Hulk enters, kind of intrigued, not not looking to he destroy, is drawn to the oh. soothing island sound. Oh, <laughs> and the oh. smell of Kalua pig. I can only assume because damn. I mean, yeah, who who doesn't? Do though that? he inevitably punts that pig and made yeah, it very no sad. interest in the pig. Actually, I though, really just... wanted to see the Hulk bite into that pig like an apple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like one bite out of a tank. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. then the Luau people run screaming from the Hulk because they do. Yes. Except for one lone child. Let's talk about this lone child who um, he's not in there for no reason. We have uh, Mino Pelusi mm-hmm. as the boy. The boy. The boy. And, oh boy, oh boy, is he the boy in he this episode? He is indeed. Uh, this is a uh, we 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 dubbed him the feral beach child <laughs> because after the sequence, which we establish he does have parents in the sequence because somebody come okay we actually don't establish he has parents we have somebody who's concerned with his safety mm-hmm. because he's the only one who remains when the Hulk breaks up his luau he's staring in wide eyed wonder as this green monster mm-hmm. smashes through the tables and mm-hmm. whatnot and as the Hulk is retreating away from the luau. Somebody runs up to grab the boy. Mm. I presumed it was his mother. That's what I did too. Yeah, just just by. But we never get any confirmation. Imagery. About that. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Mino Pelusi's career. He's been in a number of TV shows of this era: Kojak, Starsky and Hutch, Eight Is Enough, As Lou a Grant. Child? Yeah, he's in the original Amityville Horror. Oh wow! Did an episode of Benson. He was on Ten Speed and Brown Shoe. Uh, the the one I specifically want to point out is he was in the uh, Gary Coleman feature, Scouts Honor. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Gary Coleman, there's someone I don't think about. Yeah. Um, you what, should. What? How old would he be now? Uh, he is not Gary Coleman. No, well, Gary Coleman is uh, no longer with us. Yes. Uh, he is 48 years old now. What has he done? Like really? Re- has he kept acting? The last uh, appearance he made is as Eric the Hippie in 2001's Alex in Wonder. Interesting. But he had not acted since 1985 before that. Okay. So he was a child actor and then uh-huh. eventually stopped. He did okay. do an episode of Remington Steel in 1984. All right. Oh, and he was in an episode of Anim- or Manimal. Ugh, Manimal. Where he played a character named Corky. Ugh, gross. On Manimal. Yeah, I'm aware of what Manimal is. He can turn into any animal. But it's only like three of them usually. <laughs> They only, had, they only had so much money on Manimal. <laughs> he can turn into any animal, but will only ever do, like, the panther, the hawk, and I think there was a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they only made eight episodes of Manimal. <laughs> Yet it it has this, like, cultural cachet to it. Um, anyway, yeah, the, so the, the boy is uh, the only one who's not running in terror from the Hulk. He's transfixed by him. This is very much one of our... Frankenstein-y moments. But anyway, the boy won't become important until later, and even then he's only mildly important. So the Hulk tears through this luau, he punts a pig. And then he does, the. he confronts his greatest enemy, 
sitting. Sitting. <laughs> Indeed. He sits down. That's where Carolyn finds him, and he's sitting, and uh, he turns back into Banner. Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, now you see. Now you've seen the monster, but she doesn't turn away. No, she loves him. Well, we haven't established that yet, yeah. but it's pretty but it, true. It, well, it's, it's going there. Yeah. Because most women who meet Dr. Banner fall in love with him. Yeah, most men, too. Yeah. If, uh, Jack McGee is any indication. Well, <laughs> McGee seemed quite taken with the Hulk in particular. It's true. We yeah. know that. But I, there's a That little... moment when he sees the Hulk in that box episode, he is like, oh. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. I've never seen a man like you. Um, we are, I still am working on the theory that this is some sort of sexual attraction for McGee. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I would back that claim. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get to McGee here actually pretty quick, I think. Is right because we get to we then do some more science stuff between yeah Banner and yeah. Carolyn, and he he can't crack it, can't quite get there. Yeah, uh, do we get our first Banner hypnosis scene before we get to McGee? I think we do. Isn't that what we just this whole? No, thing. I meant like on the in the desert. Oh, when we get to that. This is a long episode. I think we might. It doesn't really matter. Actually, I don't really remember where the McGee thing fits McGee in. McGee happens it's, right around it's here. It's fairly early. Anyway, let's get to that. Th- that happens in here. McGee shows up. Yeah. To Carolyn's house. Well, because... For no damn good reason. The Hulk tore through this luau, and then McGee heard about it? From where? I don't know. New York, presumably. Yeah. Last we saw him, he was in Galveston, Texas. That's true. Uh, with uh, With Banner. With the Galveston PD. Yeah. Helping him out. <laughs> Let's get him, boys. Um, <laughs> Who are you? You're yeah. not in charge. <laughs> you know, the very progressive Galveston PD, though, as we, yeah, yeah, as we talked about. Yeah. They sure. did have a black sheriff. That's true. Um, but uh, McGee knocks on the door. This is, this is some great stuff here. How did McGee know where she lived? He seemed to just be asking people in the area, is what he said. So he was going to private homes, <laughs> not the witnesses who were all at the luau. Door to door going, you know, there's reports of a green hulking monster if around here. If you say something, say, if you see something, say something. No, I think that around here there was a thing. I'm Jack McGee. Whatever. So anyway, Banner opens, there's a knock on the door. Banner opens the door. It's McGee, but he's looking away. So Banner quickly closes the That's door. That's a funny take. Yeah. They have to really, they, they get a big kick out of Banner almost running into McGee. Right. And then he knocks again, and Carolyn opens the door. He's like, oh, you know, there's this hulking green monster around here. Did you see anything? She's like, no, I didn't. He's like, are you sure? She's like, yeah, I'm sure. He's like, all right. And then he hands her his card and walks away, and that's it. Walks out of the episode. (laughs) Well, he does say, he does give the line of like, if we get information, there's a $10,000 reward, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But yeah, then he's out of the episode for the next hour. God, Jack Colvin had a sweet gig on this show. (laughs) He oh, barely poor. had to work, and he got paid as a regular on this show. He has second billing. Yeah. <laughs> Starring Bill Bixby, Jack Colvin. I mean, there aren't that many regulars on here. They have the money. He's probably pretty well paid. Yeah. I guarantee. And he's getting paid whether he's in it at all, even. Yeah. And most of the time, he's only in one episode or like one scene. He is doing an hour or two of work. Every all right, see everybody, and that's it. I'll be back next week for my scene there. (laughs) What an amazing gig! Yeah, the sweetest gig. I hate him so much. And I'll tell you, he never leaves this show. They never write McGee out. McGee will be with us for the rest of the series into the movies. That is so (laughs) cringeworthy. Yeah, just on a narrative level, as a writer. (laughs) Yeah. This makes me angry because it's not like you would. Th- this totally seems like a character who seasons in. They would go. Do we need this guy? 
I don't know that we need this. That was a decision I thought they would have made in season two. Just no, like, he's here throughout. This episode in particular, it makes zero sense why mm-hmm. he is there. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I said, I think a lot of the time we've talked about this, there is an attitude if you're paying a regular, well, you might as well put him in at least once. Like, it just makes sense. We don't want to just give a guy money for doing nothing. My idea is they locked in the show intro, the whole he's being pursued by a investigative, investigative reporter. reporter. Yeah. And they couldn't change it for some reason, so that has to remain the well, premise. They could have changed no, it. No, it was locked in. <laughs> Whatever editing suite they were using, it was just like, it was stuck there. We're, they could add footage onto that, but that piece was always there. I mean, at this point, they still were probably on Steam Vec and literally cutting film. So, yeah, um, that piece of film was that's constantly... That's too much, there. yeah. It's glu- <laughs> we glued it in there. Um, Otherwise, like, yeah, no Jack McGee's presence makes little to no sense. Yeah, it really doesn't. There are McGee-themed episodes. Ugh, I know. We've seen one. Yeah. Uh, there will be more. I know. Um, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to them. I know. <laughs> uh, so he gets out of there. And so then, yeah, then there's another hypnosis uh, session. Because then we start the runner of Banner being hypnotized to try to subdue the Hulk. And we get what is in the, the first time in the show, which is Bixby and Ferrigno sharing the screen. Yeah. They're out in the, they're out in the desert and... and <laughs> we- and confronting each other. We, we were while we were watching the episode, we had just had a conversation about oh, like there's that mid stage makeup. That, yeah, uh, Banner. This has. episode really has a lot of that. Yeah, too. and some you of them really... look like crazy and cool. Yeah, there's some good makeup here. But one of the bits in that mid stage makeup that Bigsby is in is his eyebrows going crazy. Yeah, and I made the offhanded comment. It's like, oh, he's got some Dune eyebrows yep. there. And then we cut to a desert, and I didn't know it was real yeah. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, this is a Dune movie now. Um, Bill Bixby in Dune. Um, I would have watched that. Oh, yeah. Make him uh, Duke Atreides. Yeah, why not? Um, So, yeah, they're confronting each other. Just in kind of a stare down, really. And then Banner goes and gets in a crane that's now appeared in the desert. (laughs) He's got his mind crane. Because we're beginning to understand that oh, we're in some kind of hypnosis session. Yeah, yeah. Banner is visualizing confronting the Hulk. Right. And then she's walking him through, like, she wants him basically to trap the Hulk. Yeah. So he can't come out. That's the, that's the psychiatric approach here, is like, so, is like lock away the personality that you don't want to come out. Bixby goes over to this crane that's suddenly in the middle of the desert. And drops a net on the Hulk. <laughs> just, a, just a net. Uh-huh. I mean, it's a big net. Well, yeah, it, it takes <laughs> it the Hulk. But it looks like a small net in comparison to the big crane that it's attached <laughs> to, actually. So it's just like, is he going to drop? What's he going oh, to He just drops a net. I like the idea that Bixby learned how to operate a crane for this episode. You no, know, he's a method actor. <laughs> Look, if he learned all that magic, I wouldn't put anything past him. It's true. He made a big point of learning all that magic. He was all in on the magician. I'm saying. I bet he was bummed when that got canceled. <laughs> Uh, he wanted that thing to go because, mm-hmm. like, he's a magic guy from mm-hmm. then on. Um, he really moved in with a Martian when he made My Fair Martian. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but the Hulk gets out yeah. of the net because it's a net. But she keeps talking about it, it's made of the strongest rope ever, right? And the whole like, idea is it, that it's, it's it's all metaphorical. So right? long as like, Banner can visualize something he believes will contain the Hulk, right? It will literally contain the Hulk. Right, yes, exactly. So long as Banner can believe the metaphor. Right. 
uh, which this, he can't because the Hulk. And this is, is a runner. We get through the rest of the episode. Yeah, because later it's a vault, and then it's. Um, well, no. First, it's a cage. It's a cage. Then it's a vault. Yeah, the third one's the vault. Yeah, and all of them, the Hulk is just like breaking out because mm-hmm. it's the Hulk. Of course, yeah. he does. Then it's and, a steamship. Uh, no. <laughs> then we get an iceberg. <laughs> then he gets shot into space. Then we get all of Planet Hulk, and then he comes back. Yeah. <laughs> a lot goes on, like we were saying in this episode. Not a lot goes on, actually, because that's the thing. As I'm as I'm now recounting the plot, then it's just a lot of like standing around and 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 it's a lot of chit chat in this episode. It's a lot of from this point on, we get because we went over those three different sequences. Yeah, those all happen in quasi quick succession, but yeah. it's probably like thirty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> which is quick for the show. Oh God, yeah, but the but it's interspersed with them talking about. N- Ways to develop a cure for both her disease and Banner's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. problems. Um, mm. But then we also, it, within these moments, we see that their relationship is building. They're holding yeah. hands, walking on the beach, saying they make each other happy, mm-hmm. lovey-dovey stuff. And then we get one of the most problematic scenes in the whole <laughs> fucking episode. So Banner ha- has, what, what I took, he had sent away for this, right? Like it showed up in a, in a part as a parcel. It looks like a crate has yeah, been shipped to him crate. from... China, Japan? Uh, it must be. I guess at this time, a walk was a really foreign and exotic concept. Yeah. Like now they're pretty ubiquitous. Now you can buy them in a Sears. Yeah, exactly. But at this time, he's like, he gets a walk, and Banner is jazzed about this. He's going to walk everything. He has gone grocery shopping. He has gotten a walk. He is going to make her, oh, the most exotic dishes he can think of. But in order to, to, to really sell this walk, uh-huh. he's doing a... Very uh, caricaturish, stereotypical uh, Asian accent. He is speaking English. Yes. And it is really upsetting and does not age well. It's played And goes for- on for a while. It's meant to be cute flirting. Like, yeah, because then she between. starts doing it back at him. Yeah, yeah. And then they start bleeding into Elmer Fudd a little bit, but then they bleed back into the really... Yeah. Be- Stereotypical Asian accent. I like when he chides her for turning into Elmer Fudd. Like, they don't don't mock this. <laughs> don't make this something stupid. Because later on, they have another interaction. Oh and yeah, it becomes, he calls her. Yeah, it becomes clear that like, oh, them talking in this racist accent is their like that's weird. A, that's it's a, their couple thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah. oh no. I think this is questionable even for seventy eight. Really. Yeah, it's not good. That's it's not 1955. Like it's right. 1978. Uh-huh. Um so Yeah, no, this is like one of those This is a cringe-inducing th- moment for sure. There are some things in this show that don't age particularly well in terms of like its pacing and how it's made. Yeah, this is the thing that ages the worst. The, this is This is the first time I think I've ever been like, "Ooh." Yeah. There's definitely some stuff where you're like, "Well," but this one's like, "Ugh." Or like how God. Banner sometimes treats women and stuff and is just like, "Oh, dude, really?" Yeah. But it's still not this like oh so that cringy. Hurts. Yeah. So there's some racism runners in this episode that are not great. And by not great I mean bad. They are bad. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, it's it's uh it's tough stuff. I am sure. really glad that this hasn't been a constant throughout the show, and no. I'm really hoping that it's not going. I don't. Forward. I don't think it is. I'd be really surprised. No, that was their thing. You're going. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> uh, it's fine. She died. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Racism killed her. Karma. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> this is definitely of the era, though, of ancient Chinese secret. I know. I know. But that actually was a Chinese guy in the commercial, so. 
Say what you will. Yeah. Um, Still, though. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So this all happens within this sequence of them getting all lovey-dovey with each other. Indeed. And interspersed throughout this with them on the beach, we've seen a couple of times of them like strolling on the beach, getting closer together. Yeah. And every time they're there, Mm -hmm. we see the boy from the luau. The boy. I, at a certain point, began to question whether or not the boy was some sort of spiritual thing right right like their spirit guide or something yeah yeah because we get a conversation between okay, i expect him to disappear at the end the f- i think it's the second time we see the boy there's a conversation between well the first time we see him he's acting like the hulk yeah and he's like raw and smashing a sand and that and that, that draws banner obviously to be yeah. like oh i don't actually know what that means i think he's the the read i took on it was oh that kid's learning the wrong lessons. He's mm. emulating the thing I want to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Like all the kids watching the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The show was very popular with children at the time. Yeah. No, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, this is why we called him the feral beach boy. Yeah. Because it's we ch- never see him with parents or anyone else. It's literally just the beach Banner and or Carolyn. And not even yeah, people with him. There's just no one on the no beach one other else. than these three people. Yeah, and then the boy. Yeah. I don't think he's real. It's, the ending really seems he seems real. I think real. the first one at the luau was real. After that, it's mm. all a hallucination. Because then it leads to this whole conversation where she talks about it. She almost married a guy, and he wanted children, and she wasn't ready, but now time has passed her by. Right. And she's never going to get a chance. So the whole the reason we keep coming back to the boy because the show is trying to make us feel all bad that this lady can never squirt out a kid. If we never saw the boy again and it was just that conversation, I would have been like, all right. But no, we keep coming back. Because it's here. like, okay, that's that's one example of like, oh, I don't have time left. Right. No. But no, the, we keep coming the, back to the it. The show keeps to the point where I'm in. like, I don't know what the boy means anymore. <laughs> Because later we'll see her playing frisbee with the boy yeah. for a long period of time. Oh, that's a long frisbee game. <laughs> and and at a the certain boy point, can't find the fr- can't grab uh, the frisbee. That was the weirdest part. There was one yeah. point where Banner wakes up after a night of passion. Yeah. Um, they can't find the boy, or they, she can't find Carolyn anywhere. Yeah. He knows exactly where the boy is. He's always on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> You don't um, have to look hard for the boy. Yeah. So he's scrambling throughout the house. He can't find Carolyn. He wanders down to the beach. Because, oh, yeah, this property's on the beachfront. Yeah. Um, sees Carolyn at the bottom of this hill on the beach playing frisbee with this boy. He, like, wanders down and is smiling at this cutesy thing of her playing frisbee with this kid. For a long fucking time. A long fucking time. <laughs> at a certain point, the kid whiffs a catch. Yeah. Uh, the he's not an athletic boy. Now the, there are many instances of us watching this frisbee where both of them don't catch the frisbee. Yeah. like no, it's <laughs> it's like painfully realistic frisbee. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's on like, for like five or ten minutes, and we're just sitting there. Uh, so many times this episode, where it's like, what am I looking at? <laughs> what what am I watching? I don't know. What anyway, is this show? Eventually, there's one bit where the kid misses the frisbee and has to go after it in the surf. Yeah. He gets it eventually. Yeah. And then we keep cross-cutting between the kid, like, playing around in the surf with the Frisbee, kind of, like, scooping up water or putting dirt in it. Yeah. Sitting down at a certain point, yeah. just staring off in the middle distance. Yeah. And we cut back between that and Carolyn looking at him all sad happy. Yeah. And then we cut to Banner looking at her all sad happy. Yeah. And then we cut back to the boy staring off into the horizon. Never looking at, at them. nothing. Yeah. 
not looking at them, not trying to throw the frisbee back. No. Their game apparently over. Yeah. Uh, according to I, no one. It, <laughs> it's up for interpretation what the hell this means. <laughs> that kid is not real. <laughs> he is, yeah, and this he's very angelic here. In, in, yeah, in no, it's, he's some kind of yeah. weird cherubim. Yeah. <laughs> cherubim. Uh, yeah. Uh, you kind of. We kind of just have to discuss this piece by piece. Because eventually what happens is... Um, this whole sequence is sort of tail-ended with uh, Carolyn getting some results back from the lab. From the pathology lab, yes. as it says. It's private information. And the courier even tells her it's from the pathology lab. Yeah. Mm. It says it on the front. Yeah. And it's bad news based on the music because it's going... But we don't see what it is. All we see is her... Basically ditching the house, mm-hmm. throwing the papers in the ground, mm-hmm. driving to a discotheque. Uh yeah. And getting sauced. Oh yeah, a Mai Tai's, yeah. 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 Another Mai Tai. Right. And then, reminded me of Scrubs when they went to Hawaii and he kept ordering Bahama Mamas. <laughs> Dr. Kelso. Oh. Another man. Bahama Mama, please. I am gonna rewatch Scrubs now. Yeah. I I love that show. That's the best. It's maybe my favorite television show. Wow, really? It's up it's, there. It's it's certainly amongst my favorite television it's shows. Just, I can never like it's so wholesome. It's a great show. It's a great show, and that's a great two parter in Hawaii. Um, I think they actually did go to Hawaii. Oh yeah, yeah. That uh, makes sense because yeah. that show had a budget. Yeah, the Brady Bunch really <laughs> went to Hawaii too. Um, but uh, and that was a real tiki. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> then Banner uh, gets home, yeah. finds these pathology papers scattered on the floor. Yeah, goes uh oh. And then yeah. he calls the pathology, yeah. and and they just so we don't actually have to see anything on the screen and read anything. Yeah, he has a one-sided conversation that confirms her prognosis is now much shorter. She now she, only has two to three weeks. Two to, to live, three weeks to live. Yeah, which confused the shit out of the two of us. Yeah, because this is where we really were like, how much time is passing here? Yeah, because we thought weeks had already passed. This implies maybe only a few days. Right. That the. Because these papers imply that the prognosis has advanced and moved up rapidly. Mm-hmm. Whereas I was under the assumption, yeah, there would be only two or three weeks left because they've been together for a month and a half. Yeah. But no, apparently not. No. They've only been together for like maybe a week. Maybe, yeah. Hey, boy. But they're in love, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, people always fall in love faster <laughs> on television and in movies than in reality, really. It's true. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, this is obviously bad news, and so she she goes nuts. This is where she goes nuts. A little bit, yeah. Because well, I mean, she's clearly distressed that she has like much less time uh-huh. than she originally thought. Uh-huh. But now this is where we meet Brad. This is where we meet Brad. So at this discotheque, mm-hmm. we see the quintessential late seventies douchebag. Oh my god, we got to talk about this guy. Uh, and get a name on him. We meet Brian Cutler as Brad. Imagine a real douchemonger at a disco, and you have summoned the image of Brad. And here's the thing, you're going to... I have a picture of Brian Cutler today. Uh Uh-huh. Still rocking that stash. Oh, he is. <laughs> I mean, he's gotten rid of the feathered hair. He has, so of course he that. has, but he's still got the stash. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's full feathered hair, mm-hmm. 
thick porn stash, mm-hmm. V-neck shirt down to just above the navel, gold chains around the neck, wide flare, white bell bottoms. Oh, yeah. And he This rolled... guy is the embodiment of the 1970s. Oh, in just the worst way. big open shirt. I expect, when I, he sat down, I expected cocaine to just floof out of his pants. <laughs> this man is made of cocaine, really. <laughs> and he comes up and he says, Hi. I'm Brad. And she says, of course you are. Yeah. Because of course he is. <laughs> like, I saw him, and I was like, oh, boy. And I was like, oh, and he's Brad. <laughs> Ooh. To all of our Brad listeners out there, I apologize, but this man has forever ruined your name. I had some bad associations with Brad before this, but uh, I've written some bad Brads. Bad uh, Brads. Yeah, bad Brads. Uh, and then... <laughs> So Banner's driving around. Oh, we get this long sequence where Banner can't find her. Yeah. We, we are shown that he drives past the place where she is, yeah. but can't see her car because a truck's in the way. Yeah, specifically a produce truck where they really, indi- like, you really get a, a look at the logo of the produce company. We thought it was important for some reason. <laughs> we were like, is the produce company part of this? So here's my theory. Yeah. The produce truck isn't there when Banner gets back to the discotheque. Right. And neither is Carolyn and Brad. Right. Brad was driving the produce oh. truck. Oh! <laughs> there you go. His whole swing and pad mm-hmm. in the back of that truck. So, yeah, because Banner does eventually <laughs> go in there and he's like, Did you see this woman? He describes the guy and the bartender's like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was here. She left with Brad and a couple of other people. Yeah. So we. And then, he, and then the key here is he goes, well, do you know where he went? He's like, I don't. And he's like, does anyone hear? And he goes, hmm. And then we cut away to Brad's place. We cut, a, cut away to Brad's, Brad's pad. pad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it is and as it, swinging as you expect it to be. <laughs> oh, it sure is. It's got a nice, like, kind of loft as a second floor. Uh-huh. It's got a wet bar underneath mm-hmm. the loft. It's got one of those, like, Julie fireplaces. That oh, yeah. It's clearly like a gas fireplace. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That is meant to be, like, wide and open. Mm-hmm. And he's got some kind of swinging sound system that they comment on repeatedly. It's a quad system. Oh, sure, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's quad with, with subwoofers. Uh-huh. Um, There's a very bizarre dancing sequence in mm-hmm. which they are. So it's Brad, Carolyn, and another couple mm-hmm. who are there. We never get their names. No, so I don't even know. Would that be the girl? I think so. Diane Markoff. Sure. And then was the other guy conservative man? I don't know. He was Brad's friend. That's the only other person he could be. I guess. Because it's. It oh, no, wait, wait, wait. Mark. They had a name? I'm thinking it's Mark. Duncan Gamble. No, because I feel like Mark was the... um, She hands off her pathology-like samples to that uh, guy at her house earlier. Isn't that that first or second messenger? Oh, I have no idea. There's two messengers. Nat Jones and Russ uh, Takaki play first and second messenger. Yeah, I don't know. And then we have conservative man. Who's conservative man then? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Or is Mark, or is is that the bartender? Mark might be the bartender. Maybe his friend is conservative man. Russ Grieve plays conservative man. I don't know. He wasn't very conservative. Other than he was conservative with his ideals towards Banner showing up. Yeah. And ruining their swinging evening. And so they're swinging... And uh, they're drinking champagne because, as uh, as Brad's friend says, we always have Dom Perignon chilled. Yeah, sure. So I guess this is so they got money. This obviously, is Brad and Brad's friend's place. I guess. 
And they brought back a couple of There's sexy ladies. There's only one bed. Hey, man. Look, no, fi- fair, fair. No judgment. I mean, whatever. You know, yeah. Whatever Brad and his friend are into, you know, that's yeah, that's sure. up to them. Yeah. And this totally willing girl who's definitely hopped up on something. <sighs> yeah, this other girl that's there is, <laughs> she is high on something. Again, And it ain't life, that's no, for sure. Because she says far out no less than three times. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Carolyn just seems to be like, whatever. Carolyn is not in her right, right mind. Yeah. She has so found she, out she has very little time left on I, this earth. I guess she what I'm saying is... She hopped up on my ties. What I, yeah, what I'm saying is she's not, like, psyched to be going along with this. She's more just like, oh, right. yeah, whatever. She's, okay, we'll go yeah. back to the place, okay. I think she's just trying to get the most out of what little time mm-hmm. she has. And if that means, like, loose, rampant sex and a lot of alcohol and drugs, mm-hmm. so be it. But with Brad... Yeah, I know. Brad, <laughs> she could do better. Because <laughs> Banner shows up. Uh, before, because uh, they talk about, oh, they're going to go out to the hot tub. Yeah. Um, Banner shows up, and he's like, but my friend Carolyn here. And, and Brad's uh, like, Carolyn's here, but she don't want to see you. <laughs> She's with the Brad man now. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> um, and uh, then he sees her, and she's having one of her spells. She's having a is, seizure. Yeah, which is, well, is it a seizure at this point? It's a, I don't know what it. They are they read as seizures to me right up until the last one, which very much isn't. Yeah, but a lot of them are more like she clutches her head and it's more like, oh. Yeah, I don't know. They're subtle. Some of them are full-on seizures. The thing is may turn into a seizure. This, but it, this one read to me as a seizure because mm. she ends up collapsing on the bed. She does. Um, and uh, and he's like, no, she's very sick and I, I need to see her. And, he, and Brad's like, you got to go, man. So... Banner ends up getting past them, running up Dude, to the How loft. he gets past them is very interesting, because a bottle of champagne pops in their direction. Brad's friend is at the door <laughs> with Brad to stop Banner from getting in, but also he's <laughs> opening a bottle of champagne while he's there. And so the, the, the cork like flies at Banner, and this distracts Brad, and so he just rushes past him. Yeah. And Brad ain't having it. No. <laughs> you don't bust in on Brad's pad. No Uninvited. Way. No way. No how. So he runs up to the loft, Brad's and he's, he's examining Carolyn, who's having a seizure, and the high girl is like, I guess you had too much champagne. Far out. Far out, man. I think I remember all of her lines, just far out. Yeah, it start, everything starts with a far out, at least. Um, and Brad and his buddy, they're like, uh-uh, no way, you aren't invited to this party. And they start roughing Banner up, which is always a good idea. Yeah, and then they, they don't know, but then they chuck him over the balcony of the the, and he goes crashing the into the, the like the, glass coffee table, yeah, like a glass coffee it's table, like black glass. It's like, like when he hits that, I was like, oh shit. Well, we should say clearly, Bill Bixby's stunt man is the one. Who oh, goes yeah. up. it's a totally different man no, yeah, yeah. that goes off of that uh, great that Bixby wig. But other than mm-hmm. that. We'll talk about a wig that shows up later here, too. <laughs> so he goes crashing down, and I guess the other guy comes down to finish him off? <laughs> I don't know. Because, I mean, by the way, the height and into that table, this is a murder. They're cool with murder, these guys. And everyone else's reaction is just far out. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, Carolyn's busy having a seizure. Carolyn's having a seizure, yeah. But these guys, it's not like they were going to rough him up. Like, that. that's death. They threw him into that glass coffee table. Oh, yeah. Height. I mean, they, you could survive, but... He's I mean, at, at the, the very, very least, very, very injured and yeah, probably he, paralyzed. He fell a solid 15 to 20 feet mm-hmm. into a glass coffee table. Yeah. He's he's done so. <laughs> uh, but, of course, when the, by the time the guy gets down there, he's hulked out. Yeah, of course. So Brad's friend attempts to... Chucks a, like a gin bottle at him yeah. at first. No, no, that doesn't happen until later. 
Oh. Because um, he has to get the, behind the bar to do that. And to oh, get yeah. behind the bar, the Hulk grabs Brad's friend yes. by the chest hairs. Chest hair that was established. There was even a line somebody had about chest hair earlier. I don't know. The guy's got like a thick rug on both, his chest. Both Brad and his friend do, because it is the 70s. And right. they're wearing the, the, it's not even a V, it's like a deep scoop neck. <laughs> So the they Hulk got they got deep cleavage. Puts a saying. palm on this guy's yeah. chest and clenches, which is pretty awesome. Actually, <laughs> and just made me cringe. Yeah, that's actually pretty cool though. <laughs> and just hurls the guy back behind the bar, mm-hmm. and then that guy chucks a bottle of gin at him. Yeah, tries chucking gin bottles and other alcohol, and then the Hulk rips the goddamn fireplace <laughs> off the wall and throws it at this guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> If he's not dead, I'd be shocked. <laughs> well, for, well, first he goes upstairs, though. No, no, no. Before he does this, because he's because he doesn't because he it's upstairs that he tears the wig off of Brad. Right, right, right. So because yeah. Brad can because first him. he throws the futon at the bar. That's what he does. He throws the yeah. futon first, and that seems to have shut Brad's friend down. And then the Hulk goes upstairs, all six million dollar man style. Yes, he jumps up because the railing got destroyed when. Banner went through it. Uh-huh. They threw him through the railing, not yeah. even over it. Um, yet another thing that that contributed to the murder. Uh, <laughs> they knew he was the Hulk. It's fine. There were like three potential causes of death here. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, <laughs> these guys are monsters. Uh, uh, yeah, Brad confronts him, and he just tears Brad's toupee off. Which Brad was apparently wearing a toupee the whole time. Yeah, well, though it's clearly different hair. That was that guy's <laughs> hair. And, the, and then they added a wig to it, and he's wearing a, a very unconvincing bald cap mm-hmm. underneath. And random other woman says, far out, yet again. Oh, she's into the Hulk. Oh, no. she, she When the Hulk pops up, she gives him a once over yeah. and it's like, damn. It's a sensual far out. Because um, like uh, we said, Ferrigno's looking cut. Oh, my God. God, Ferrigno in this episode is is the beast he should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he grabs Carolyn and leaps back down. And then fucking Brad's friend is like, "No, I, I want to keep this going. <laughs> I think I, I think I can get him." Throws chucks another bottle at him. And I love that the Hulk is like, and he s- calmly sets Carolyn down, and then calmly walks over and rips the fireplace out of the wall. <laughs> Hurls it at, uh, if the fireplace didn't kill Brad's friend, the fact that it took out the support beams of the loft above and it came crashing down on him, that definitely ended the friend. That sounds way more exciting than what actually happened, Mm -hmm. which is the slow process of the loft collapsing on top of the bar. That takes a solid three to five minutes. Brad hangs on for a while before slipping down to the second floor. And the girl's just hanging under that hutch and she's fine. Yeah. But we watch as this balcony slowly crumbles. Yeah. It's not this big collapse. It's like, ooh, and then the right. no, 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 moves no, no, on. No, no. no, we linger here for a solid three minutes, and the Hulk watches this whole thing happen. Yeah. God, this show is slow. And then, and then we get the other thing that will Hulk, de-Hulk him, which is uh, he caresses a woman's face. Right. So Because he takes Carolyn outside, he caresses her face, de-Hulks. Turns back into Banner. And then carries Carolyn back home. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we can see that her disease is like becoming more destructive. There's a piece here that caught me a couple of times where um, now they're like desperate to find a cure. They're working as hard as they can, mm-hmm. and Carolyn like loses a couple of words as she's talking. Oh yeah, that's another thing that contributes to that like neurological kind of aspect right. to it. That's very strange. Uh, but it hit me really hard. Because just the, for those who are following the main podcast, I have recently lost my stepmom to her battle with cancer. 
but seeing that happen to her a few times in her final days of just like not being able to totally control one's physical and mental attributes and like having words be lost to you because you can't form them in your mouth for whatever reason just hit me hard in a big way. No, that I mean that in isolation if it in any way corresponded with anything else about the this disease being consistent. Yeah. Th- that in isolation is a dramatic and interesting and actually subtly played moment. Yeah. But the problem is I don't know what this disease is it's and true. and there's so many they're just it's just generally bad. And like then that like really affecting scene is then followed up with what happens next which is just <laughs> fucking cuckooville mm-hmm. yeah exactly because then a hurricane rolls in well we they got to get married first we haven't actually gotten oh, to that right. because somewhere in here she's there i also like when he just uh he brings a little paper cup and he's like uh there's some chemotherapy i whipped up yeah and she's like oh great <laughs> um, then she can visualize the uh the civil war era cavalry people charging over the hill to attack the indians yeah, as well yeah just a little sprinkle a little susan of white man's privilege on here <laughs> Um, so, yeah, uh, I think it's, it's in one of those beach scenes with the boy. We keep getting more of those. Where he's like, they're, they're, I think this is where they're, I think this is where he's, they're just staring at the kid. And doesn't he come behind her and just goes, marry me. Yeah. I think that's that. Sure. The thing is, the episode, usually we're we're pretty good at keeping the storyline in these episodes. There's not really much of a story here. No. Um, so he... And she's like, what? You're crazy. No. We, well, number one, they barely know each other. Uh, according to the timeline that's been laid out? Yeah. yeah they've and she's about to die. Right. And she brings that up. And then Banner tells this weird story about tigers and strawberries. Yeah. Which I is, think the moral of which is enjoy what you have in front of you before you get eaten by tigers. Yeah. It, well, that's it exactly. That even if, if everything is going to be bad, in the moment, there can be happiness. Right. Whatever. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> It's a sweet sentiment. It is, but it, but it's way too long a story, and you're like, where's he going with this? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, this this episode's heart is in the right place, but in execution, they're blowing it big it's time. All over the place. Yeah. But then we do get a scene of them getting married. It's very sweet, and there are strawberries involved. But it's long again. It's long, and, like, we get all of their vows. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like... They're not quite Catholic vows, but they're up there. They're getting there, yeah. It's, oh boy. Yeah, this episode, uh, if, you, if you haven't figured it out, this episode has some pacing issues. Again, they, uh, hour and a half. If they you didn't need up. the hour and a half. No. I'll say that no, right no, no, now no, for no, no. sure. They did not earn this hour and a half. This is, the, this is the least amount of story they've had in one of the episodes I think we've seen. And they take two episodes length to get through it because the ticking clock that they present us with which should drive the show forward is completely self-imposed yeah because of how it's written how they say oh i have six to eight weeks to live oh i now have two to three weeks to live and we're not given a proper time frame of how long anything is taken yeah we get it's all artificial. We get oh, yeah. no sense of precisely what the stakes are well, or when they should be happening. And the fact that they're so inconsistent about the progression of her disease, we also can't track that either. Right. We can't see like, oh man, she's really getting worse. Right. It's like, if she, she said just earlier, has bad like, moments. Oh, eventually I'm going to lose control of my motor functions and then I'm going to lose control yeah. of my voice yeah. and then we know the time is near. Right. Then that makes the audience go, ooh, oh shit, we're close. Yeah. But instead, it's really inconsistent. She's fine like 80% of the time, yeah. and then she has a seizure 
or that w- only that one time with the 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 thing. That's right. Yeah, that never even happens again or before. So to the point where it almost makes me go, was that part of the disease, or is she just like stressed? I don't even yeah. know how to read this. I read it as part of the disease. I, I think it is supposed to be that. But what I'm saying yeah. is, it's so inconsistent. It's such a blip that you're like. It's more just like, oh, another spell. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it, it, yeah, it, the, the, everything they tried to do that's, a, that's supposed to be affecting just doesn't land. Um, so they get married, uh, and then Banner is dreaming about his dead wife and now his new about-to-die wife. Right. Uh, and oh, God. here it comes. <laughs> and so we, we're, we're, we're intercutting... Earlier footage from this episode yes. with footage from the pilot again where he was married to that so woman. So we sort of have this weird overlap of uh, his two dead wives. Back and forth. I got two dead wives. Um, <laughs> Worst sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> My two dead wives. Uh, <laughs> this show's just sad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it's what Roseanne turned into, isn't it? You know what? <laughs> that show is really good now. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Like that show got way better when she died, and I'm not alone. Like a lot of the critics are like, the best thing creatively to happen to that show was Roseanne being a racist and then having to kill her character. <laughs> it's really interesting and pretty good TV. Huh. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm just, really enjoying the Connors. It's just John Goodman being sad. A little bit, but like, well, I'll say this: it deals with grief in a much more realistic manner than this does. Mm. Yeah, um, fair enough. Yeah. It actually touches on some stuff, uh, but uh, so yeah, the 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 back and forth, and they're kind of merging into one thing, mm-hmm. and then suddenly there's this uh, image of her getting on a bus, uh, Carolyn, and he's far away, and it's this they're setting up this really clumsy metaphor of. Like, oh, she's leaving him, she's mm-hmm. getting on the bus and getting away, and he can't mm-hmm. get there in time. Which is fine. That's all totally fine. But, like, it's not good, but it's it's very generic, and it's also very understandable. It doesn't need anything that just spells it out for us. However, <laughs> the bus door opens, and we gotta look at the driver of it. Who is driving this bus, John? Uh, Death, the Grim Reaper himself. A hooded <laughs> figure turns as the bus door opens doesn't beckon hands are always on the wheel yeah very responsible bus yeah. driver death. yeah <laughs> 10 and 2 uh just a black face like no like faceless right it's Ghost just like of christmas future mm-hmm. is driving this bus yeah and I was why just... isn't that guy credited who's playing death oh uh, i don't know <laughs> no it's probably for no <laughs> i could i could do it uh <laughs> then it would be a much scarier death it would have been much true. bigger yeah it's true um, and so she gets on the bus with death. Death bus. Death bus. She gets on the death bus and... Uh, Next stop, the afterlife. Indeed. Uh, and uh, he can't get on the bus, obviously. He can't catch it. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's waving out well, the look, back window at if you weren't at, at the stop, death isn't going to like stop a block down because you're running after the He's bus. He's got a schedule to He's keep. He's got a schedule to keep. This is a very specific route. It was well posted in advance. <laughs> it is listed on the bus stop. Yeah, my God. Come on, Banner. It's on you, man. Um... So, yeah, she's waving out the back of it, and he's screaming. Oh, yeah, this is animalistic howl from yeah, Bixby that was really yeah, upsetting. Yeah, it was. And then he wakes up, and his eyes are white. Yeah, because he's... And we thought this show was going to do something clever and mm-hmm. be like, oh, they've been working towards him controlling the Hulk this whole time. Maybe we get one instance of him almost hulking out. Because he, then he's in the mid-transition makeup, and it's kind of like, oh, this could be cool. Like, maybe she'll be able to... Because like, she's like... 
David, stop. And yeah, like, maybe she Carolyn can talk him down. Maybe the to, hypnosis. Yeah. No, the hypnosis did fucking nothing. Yeah. He just hulks out, uh, gets real angry, starts. He throws a king size mattress with one hand, which is fucking yeah, for impressive. For him did that. He just grabs it underneath. And I don't know if that was a real, like, I don't know how fully much stuffed king size mattress. I mean, but the image certainly. Uh, yeah, it was impressive. There, yeah. I don't know if you've tried, like, moving around a king size mattress. Those things are fucking heavy. Yeah. Um, but she gets a skin sample from him. Yes. Um, and then the Hulk goes like, oh, you scratched me, and then flees. Um, as he as as he's he's wants to, to do, do yeah. yeah. Uh, Where does he go? I don't know. We just cut away, and then we cut back the next morning, and Banner's back. Oh, is that what happens? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, we have no idea what the Hulk gets up to that and night. He, and he's like, oh, jeez. Yeah. I'm real sorry. What did I do? Oh, shucks. Like, he's acting like he drank too much or something like that. Like, I really made Which a is fool of myself. Which way more upsetting when you see the bruises on Carolyn's arm. Mm-hmm. Because when she took the skin sample from the Hulk, the Hulk just, like, swatted her aside. Yeah. Because he got scratched. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, jeez, I'm yeah. sorry. I really made an ass of myself last night. Right. Which, I mean, it, it further reinforces the idea that uh, Banner wants to get rid of the Hulk. Because yeah. this is some of the first actual collateral damage we've seen of the Hulk. It's true. One of the discussions we've had of off the mic has just been like, why does Banner want to get rid of the Hulk? The Hulk seems to mostly do positive things. Right. And often saves him specifically. Outside of occasionally interrupting some luau's and, I don't know, scaring some people in the middle of New York or Los Angeles or wherever he is that week. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, the Hulk is mostly a constructive force for good. This yeah. is the first instance in which some an innocent is hurt. And, and, and even so, not, you know... That much. I mean, she's... That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, she's not crippled or anything, but there's some nasty bruises on her arm. Um, but, yeah, definitely. But then they have a sample of the Hulk's DNA, which raises the question, like, so when Banner de-Hulks his... The Hulk cells that were detached don't de-Hulk? Well, but, they, yeah, that raises that question, because the whole idea that they bring up earlier is that the, the what the disease is doing to her body, his Hulk is doing the opposite, right? It's increasing... Uh, the cells in him and making them stronger as opposed to hers is decreasing them and making them weaker. Right. And she, so if they can somehow... She is somehow, some kind of anti-Hulk. Yeah. In a really sad and realistic way. When she hulks out, she just dies. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so they're thinking if they can use the Hulk DNA to maybe give her body whatever it's missing so it can correct But they itself. need to be careful about it in case they try to turn her into some kind of... Oh, I don't even know what the term would be. She-Hulk? Which we talked about... <laughs> Didn't actually exist and did exist because of something this show wanted to do. Yeah. Um, so uh, they they look at it and they, they do some sciencey stuff. And, and then they the hurricane think, rolls. Then, yeah, they think they've cracked it. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, if we do this, this, and this, blah, blah, blah. If we, if we science the science, then we can science. Uh, but we need to do it right now. Yeah, it, it's got to be right now. Because apparently she has now minutes to live. Yeah, she feels it coming. Yeah. Which... She sees that bus coming with death. Yeah. Look, his, look the sign's rolling over on the top of that bus yeah. saying, Carolyn, next stop. Makes no sense because she was completely fine just a second ago. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's not like, it's, it, it's, it's the weirdest, like, degenerative disease. It, it, it's not. That's an inaccurate statement. Yeah. They call it that, but that's not what it is. It's not degenerative. No. It just hits and then eventually takes you out. Yeah. I don't know. So weird. So yeah. weird. Um, but yes, yeah, so this. Once again, the worst luck for Banner at this exact moment. <laughs> a hurricane hits. Hurricane Kevin hits Hurricane Hawaii. Kevin 
hits Honolulu, and then uh, they're driving to the hospital. They have to get there through this hurricane, through all the stock footage of hurricane damage. <laughs> they, they drive through all that stock footage. You can really tell. You can also tell that it was nicer weather, and they've put a dark filter on the camera. Yeah. And then obviously they're working rain machines and some wind machines to make stuff. I mean, it's not the worst effects. There are moments where it's better than other moments. And I, would I say. definitely caught the sprinkler in the background once or twice. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not perfect. There's yeah. a couple of shots where I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah, like when they have that uh, trash can roll across the road right in front mm-hmm. of the car, I was like, oh, okay, that looked good. That's pretty good. Or I mean, like when the you car's know, swerving through the wind. You know that's a stagehand rolling that oh, trash sure. can. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, it looked good. Yeah, it did look good. Uh, a PA did a good job. But then the disease takes a cuckoo bonkers turn that just leaves me just shaking my head and removing any sympathy I had built up because of the realism of someone stricken by a disease. This is where this is where it turns into the high school play. Yeah. Right? You're just like I'm crazy cuz she the whole seems to be having a fit of some kind. Yeah, and she's and she keeps saying like David, David, he's like, "Hold on, we're almost there. We're, we're going to get we're there." Three blocks away. Yeah. And then she mid fit opens up the car door while they're driving, tucks and rolls. <laughs> this is when I knew we were done. We were just done on this. Like, and the, then the, takes right. off into the hurricane-riddled city. Yeah, this is where we're just like, all right, we're in a, we're in a cuckoo world at so this point. So she, Carolyn is screaming and clutching at her head and shoulders, all while she is sprinting through yeah. this city. Yeah. Running down and alleys, leaping over fences. And presumably... She's dying from a degenerative muscle and and nerve condition. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But, all right. All right. <laughs> so Banner okay, swerves just want to establish. and parks his car and tries to chase after her. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets hit by a car at one point. Yeah. A transformer falls on him at one point. Because she's fast. She is quick as hell despite this disease that is ravaging her body. And the hurricane is bearing down on them, too. <laughs> Like, there's high winds that are smacking into them. Because it's because one of those high winds knocks over the Transformer yeah. into Banner. He gets hit by all this electricity. He hulks out, because mm-hmm. that's what he do. Mm-hmm. But Hulk's instinct is still to chase after. So he chucks the, the Transformer away. Yeah. They're very fake-looking Transformers, too. They don't look like yeah, real no, not really. uh, Transformers. Um, They're also just attached to the side of a building, which is weird, too. Maybe electricity works differently in Hawaii. Or maybe they're like generators. I don't, I don't know. know. It doesn't matter. It's a big sparky boombox. Yeah, it's got a, it's got an electricity sign on it, and it sparks when it hits the ground. We yeah. figured it out, but still, like it, it just it read as strange to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he eventually. Oh, how then she somehow uh, uh, scales ha- the fence. Yeah, she's yeah. Or I was gonna say uh, the disease briefly gave her phasing powers. <laughs> um, that could be She it. suddenly got Kitty Pride's abilities because mm-hmm. she just is on the other side of a fence that even the Hulk can't get through. Well, he ends up having to tear the door off. Yeah, that's right. yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he tears the door off. And <sighs> then he catches up with her. Yeah. And she is swirling around. The camera's spinning around her. Yeah. She's clutching at her head and her shoulders yeah. screaming. Like you said, there's really no polite way to put this. She's being this like crazy manic. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's it's... I say that, and I and it's not uh, disparaging of people with mental issues. This is not a mental issue. This is just bad. This is just bad. This is just bad silly. acting, bad writing. This is just acting crazy. This yeah. is just this is the direction is like just be crazy now. Yeah, that's so like ugh, yeah. If for this to for the idea that I read a bunch of IMDb reviews before this talking about how emotionally impactful this episode is, it loses all of that. You're right. I mean, even even if you can make the argument 
that parts of it earlier are affecting, which which there are. There are individual things, but as a whole, they still don't add up. Right. This is where we just go. We're off the chain at this Throw point. Throw out the window. Yeah, just the they just, this episode implodes um, and doesn't work at all here. Because then she collapses into the Hulk's arms yeah. and says some last sweet nothing yeah. to the Hulk, who doesn't seem to understand, because mm-hmm. Ferrigno constantly has this confused like vacant look on his face when he's mm-hmm. not looking angry. Yeah. Which is always such a weird direction I think it to is. give to the Hulk. It is. I don't understand what they're going for with it most I of the time. I don't either. I don't I don't get it. We we've we've talked about it a lot on here. Mm-hmm. That they seem to want Hulk to always be somewhat confused. Yeah, when he's not actively angry. Right. And that I don't know why that is. Yeah. It certainly robs Frigno of the chance to do anything as an actor. Right. And it's just like no no more blank faced. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, but it's anyway. It's, she then Dies. Yeah, just goes from crazy to dead in zero seconds. Yeah, that's what I mean. She got. That's what I stand by. She goes nuts and dies. <laughs> that is exactly what happens here. Yeah, I that know. is. That is. Uh, I feel like an accurate description of what I saw on screen. Uh, and then, uh, and then we and cut. He we hulks. Yeah, to still holding her in his arms. And this is where Bigsby looks jacked. Yeah. His arms holding her there. Sure, and he looks jacked right in time to also look real sad. Yeah, and he's just holding her dead body as the rain falls on him. Yeah, which gave me the question of whether or not the Hulk understands death. That would have been a good time to address this, because the Hulk isn't, like, shaking this woman to try to see if she's okay, Mm -hmm. or, like, trying to cradle her and keep her safe in any fashion. He's just literally got her in like a bit of an awkward bear hug and she's leaning up against him having lost control of her legs. It looks like. Yeah. Maybe finally at the very last, her muscles were, yeah, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't make much sense. No, it makes no sense. Uh, But then that's a sad beat. And then we cut to banner sitting on the beach. Sad. And the boy and the boy is there. Yeah. The boy's back. Just, it was just a hurricane. The beach is riddled with debris mm-hmm. and the ruins of not only Carolyn's house, mm-hmm. but like other detritus that's been blown in from yeah. who knows where. And he's just out there in his little board shorts, no shoes, no shirt, mm-hmm. just a little feral beach boy. Yeah, uh, this makes no sense. And this conversation they have is real weird and kind of unnecessary. Because, yeah, she asked where he where his wife is and she, Banner says, oh, she's dead. And he's like, oh, did the hurricane get her? He's like, no, she was sick. And, and he's like, oh, I'm going to be a doctor. When I grow up, I'm going to be a doctor. Maybe I could find a cure for whatever killed her. And that makes Banner feel better? I don't yeah, know. I don't really understand this. Because uh, then he just he just sits staring out at the ocean as credits roll. Yeah, and the boy wanders do, away do, into do, do. our imaginations. Yeah. I don't really. Or wherever he came from. I don't. Yeah, I don't. He returned to the sea <laughs> from whence he came. Um, <laughs> I would love it if the boy, if like as Banner was just sitting on the, the boy beach, was Namor, <laughs> and the boy just like walks into the ocean, just yeah. dips below the waves, and is never seen again. <laughs> How badass of an ending would that be? That'd, just that'd just be to leave to... the biggest of question marks. <laughs> so, wait, what was that? Was that a? Was he a was he a Atlantean? Was he that's, some kind of water spirit? That's what I'm saying. He's he's, he's Namor the Submariner. Uh, uh, yeah, he's the man from Atlantis, which I think was on at the same time. Uh, oh, Lord, he had gills. Um, <laughs> sure, but uh, yeah, 
I'll, I'll, here, so here's I, I'll pitch you two different things that they could have done. Number one, they could have ended it sooner. Mm-hmm. They want to end on this somber note. Yeah, Why sure. not just end with the image of him holding her? Like nothing is resolved with this scene. We don't learn anything. You don't get a sense of like it's not Banner rediscovering his purpose or something like that, or him leaving. Yeah, it's not. You don't need it. So if you're going to just end on the somber note of this last image of him, that would have been a more affecting one. Mm-hmm. Even though it, it isn't because of the insanity that just played out before mm-hmm. it. Here's the other one, and this is the I know why they didn't they wouldn't have done this because it's not as actiony as doing it. Is if they drove through all that and when they got to the hospital, she was already dead. Yeah. Like he turns to her and he goes, we made it where... And she's gone. Yeah. That would have been way more legitimately affecting. Or, I'll pitch you even another one that yeah. is as action-packed. Okay. Car doesn't work. Yeah. Has to hulk out and carry her to the hospital through the storm. There you go. And then when they get there, she's already gone. Yeah, yeah. And even the Hulk strength that he got her still, all the he way He could there. still leap over a transformer. Yep. He could still tear totally. down a gate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there you go. Nope. That That needed to be... If if the subtlety and the tragedy of just time running out, mm-hmm. this doesn't feel like time ran out. It felt like it just got nuts. It felt like, oh, the episode has to end. Yeah. And so we have to just do something irrational. Yeah. Because um, uh, the second it's, she it, leaped and rolled out of that car, I was just like, all right. We're yeah. we're that, in. It turned into the third act of reefer madness. Yeah, exactly. Reason. It got it got legitimately that silly. Uh-huh. We're just like, I don't even know what's happening anymore, yeah. and this show isn't even trying. Uh-huh. So, uh, and yeah, that's that's where we leave it for this week. <laughs> that's the end of the episode. <laughs> that's it. That's it. And boy, guess what? Next week we're just back to the. How long show. did we talk about this for? Uh, uh, roughly the length of the episode. Right. We're, we're at about an it hour sh- thirty-five. We shouldn't here. have. Um, <laughs> Uh yeah, so it's a long bit of nothing. It is. Let's talk about some of the stuff that happens in this episode. We got to talk about our Hulk feat of strength. I'm gonna go with him chucking the fireplace. Yeah, it's pretty good. I really like. So my feat of strength this episode is not for the Hulk. Mm-hmm. It's for Brad's friend's chest hair. <laughs> the fact yeah. that it didn't tear out of his chest when he <laughs> bodily was lifted up by the Hulk. You know what? That's some strong chest hair. Brad's friend. Their feet were off the ground mm-hmm. when the Hulk picked them up, and those chest hairs did not break. They did no. not bend. No, they did not. Um, and the fact that that guy wasn't just screaming his mind mm-hmm. out when the Hulk grabs a was tank just, of his hair. It would just seem more astonished than anything. Yeah. Uh, Unless it was just like th- such a thick mane of chest hair that he didn't even feel it. Mm, it he just, just took it. Steel wool down there. took it. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, fair enough. I want to say tossing Brad's friend. Yeah, was you know mine. what? I think that that's pretty good. He one handed it too. He really did. Usually, when the Hulk is throwing people, we see him get some leverage with like a steel bar or something. No, no, here he just got just just grabbed a man by his chest hair and <laughs> threw him across the room, <laughs> as it as happens. Like you uh, do. yeah. Let's talk about our favorite guest star this week. I'm I'm giving it. To Brian Cutler as Brad. Oh yeah, Brad. Like <laughs> Brad makes an impression. As soon as Brad showed up, we were both like, "Oh, this character." Yeah, yeah. He he, he makes his presence known. Uh-huh. He's not in the episode that much, but yeah. my god, he's amazing. As soon as he sidles onto the camera, you know exactly what's going to yeah, happen. Yeah. Oh boy. We both were like, "Oh boy." That was some this really guy. solid visual shorthand. Hi, I'm Brad, and it's just like, "Oh, perfect." <laughs> Even better. <laughs> He's a Brad. Mm-hmm. He's a bad Brad. He's a bad Brad. 
Indeed. All right. Well, we got to do one. We have one other piece of business there, which is we got to check in with uh, this alternate reality, this version of General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross Mm. and what he's up to this week. He is blissfully free of having to worry about any kind of Hulk. What a great life he must lead. It's true. But, you know, sometimes tragedy does strike. Mm. And this is true for a man such as Bruce Banner or Mm -hmm. David Banner. Mm Mm-hmm. And for a nation such as America. Indeed. And if there's one thing that Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross cannot stand, it is tragedy striking America. Of course not. So when a hurricane hits one of those 50 glorious states, Thunderbolt Ross is going to answer the call. I think he is volunteering with FEMA. He is going to help with the recovery effort with... Hurricane Kevin. Mm. Oh, yeah, he's in there. He will arrive in Hawaii just a few days after a certain Dr. David Banner leaves the island for good. Because mm-hmm. I'm assuming he never comes back to Hawaii. I don't I don't believe so. Who knows? But anyway. Probably not. I think he's cleaning up beaches. I think he's picking up garbage. I think he is finding a government-sponsored home for this feral beach boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's going to make sure that he, uh, he gets... This kid survived on a beach during a hurricane... There is some foundations here for the next level of Super Soldier. Oh, I think Feral Beach Boy is going to be adopted into some kind of Weapon Plus program. Oh, interesting. While Thunderbolt Ross doesn't necessarily uh, condone that sort of Super Soldiery behavior, mm-hmm. he doesn't have any truck with it, really. Right. But uh, he sees the potential in this boy, and uh, look, here's my card. In about 10 years, you call me. Get you set up nice there with the army. Go. There we go. And that's what Thunderbolt Ross is up to this week. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about what we're going to look at next week uh, as we move on to the next episode of Season 2. It can only get better, right? Uh, I, I think so. Okay. Uh, it's an episode called The Antwoak Horror. The what? The Antwoak Horror. What's an Antwoak? Well, uh, I'll tell you. This is the uh, plot description from IMDb. As the people of Antowoc Resort Community take advantage of a Hulk sighting, David Barton's hot-headed boss goes as far as to dress up as a creature. Oh. And also, we have this as our photo. Go to the IMDb, click on the first picture in the gallery. That is some kind of Teen Wolf <laughs> scenario going it on is, there. It's very Teen Wolfy. <laughs> uh, also, I don't believe the trivia when it says that the... Uh, David's pseudonym in this episode, David Barton, is a reference to fellow Marvel superhero Clint Barton. I refuse to believe that. <laughs> you could make that reference if you sure. want, but I don't think they intended that reference. No, 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 no. Um, but anyway, oh boy. So we're, we're, we're just back on the road. and, and uh... I will be curious to see if we get any follow-through on this most recent tragedy this in the This feels like uh, this would be a pretty important moment in his life. You would uh, think. You would, you would think he would be a different... Li- I would have liked After to th- the second tragic wife death. I would like to have think... He, I would like to think this episode changes character in some way. I know it won't, but wouldn't it be nice if he, had, if he was somehow different at the end of this? If from here on out, he had a reticence towards anyone who has attraction to him? Yeah. If Banner was like, no, 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 you can't like me because I mean death. Yeah. If we got something like that, great. We won't. <laughs> we won't. We can hope, though. But anyway, that's gonna. I think that's going to finish up uh, this episode of The Green Mile as we continue to. Follow the adventures of Dr. David Benton, Benchley, Benson, Bradburn, Blaine, Blake, Brown, Blank, Bradford, Bernard, Barton, Benton again, Banner. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Uh, until, 
next week, I'm John Campbell. I'm currently Mike Gergoni. And remember, don't make us angry because you wouldn't like us when we're angry.